When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Hits Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Hope you're having a wonderful Thursday, ready for a big game tonight between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Chicago Bears. To break down that Bears game, we have the number one Bears fan on the TCK pod team. We got our boy Dwee's Nuts back in the place. Dwayne, what's up, buddy? Hey, hey, not feeling great there, Sky. I hate it when the Bears play on Thursday night. Something about my whole week. Just <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on a razor's edge all week. I don't even know why. I don't expect much from the Bears, but still. Now, if you pull a uh, a Foles over Brady part two and you happen to accidentally win this game, wouldn't it set the tone for the rest of the weekend and all the way into next week? So technically, you could have a 10-day a euphoria cloud yeah. hanging over you if you pull this off. It, it would be fabulous. Um, I think maybe w- it, the deal is that I, I try so hard not to get my hopes up for something like that because you're right, the rest of the weekend is just – it's just cush from there if if they can pull it out, but uh, I'm not. I'm certainly not holding my breath. We'll get to the game picks later, but spoiler: I don't expect much from the Bears. <laughs> Rough. All right, y'all. Two seventy eight, episode two seventy eight of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, breaking down the later half of the Sunday slate, as well as Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and of course tonight's game. Look, man, we've been doing this for about a month already. I asked uh, Bobby yesterday on the earlier slate, and Dwayne, I would like to get your opinion as well. We're a quarter through the season. We've had more injuries than I can remember in my 15 years of playing fantasy football and 20 years of being a a fan of football in general. Uh, COVID, obviously, is starting to actually rear its ugly head. We had a cancellation or postponement, I guess, last week. Maybe another this weekend. We've got more and more teams, more and more players popping up. Premier players, Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore of the Patriots. Uh, the Bills are in question. The Vikings are in question. The Steelers, of course. And now uh, the Titans' whole team, frankly, has COVID. Um, what have you – and, of course, we have bye weeks, right? So we also have the Packers and the Lions on, on a bye this week, and then we have more coming up as we go through the next five or six weeks, what have you? Oh, I lost you. Hello. Football so far. I lost you. I missed that whole thing. No problem. 
that last 20 seconds. All good. Let's try it again. I was just curious yeah. over the over the quarter uh, first quarter of the season, what have you learned, right? We've had all these injuries, all the COVID issues. What have you learned over the first quarter of the season so far? Look, I've learned that more than ever, you always have to be as just as flexible as you can get in fantasy football. It's those seasons when you fall in love with a name that you drafted that you inevitably end up losing a playoff game because you couldn't part with somebody in a trade earlier in the year, whatever it is. Uh, what I've learned this year is that you have to even more than years past, you have to be flexible. You have to be ready to pivot off of a player on a moment's notice sometimes. Um, I mean, we see things like Brett Rippon pop up as a starter two days before the game starts. Cam Newton goes out of his game a couple of days before the game starts. All these injuries popping up midweek. You have to be ready to make moves. You have to be ready to hit the waiver wire. You have to know who you could potentially pivot to. Um, it's it's Honestly, it's been maybe more fun than years past because everybody has to dig a little deeper and everybody has to be a little more knowledgeable about the names that you might not have thought about come draft time. Uh, and uh, you have to, everybody sort of has to be on their toes, which, which makes for a more active league. I think most of my leagues have been more active this season, which I like that. Uh, and it just makes for a more interesting, harder to predict fantasy season. So while, yeah, there's plenty of stuff going on that's not great and we don't love to see all the injuries. I think it's, it's made my fantasy football year a little more entertaining so far. Yeah, admit, frustrating for sure, but at least uh, entertaining and, and uh, exciting and unpredictable <laughs> nonetheless, absolutely. But look, NFL teams have to do this all the time as well, right? I mean, for us, we have an injury on our team. We just drop a guy and forget about him. On an NFL team, it's like there's a lot more at stake clearly going on, so they got to make those audible, so it's important that we do that too. All right, man, let's get into this year. We've been doing it for a month. We got the flow. Let's get into tonight's game first. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Chicago Bears. Tampa Bay 3-1. and one. The Bears are 3-1. and one. Tom Brady 7-0 and oh career record on Thursday night football. Most wins by any quarterback. Just another record for TB12. Look, man, the Bears, you know, this seems like a lopsided affair on paper. However, Chris Godwin's still out. Justin Watson's still out. Um, you have... LaShawn McCoy, who hasn't been doing much, but nonetheless, uh, the less adept piece, Leonard Fournette, uh, questionable at best. He may not play either. Um, on the other side with Chicago, you still rolling Nick Bowles, was fantastic for one half two weeks ago, turned into a pumpkin last week. We know that's going to happen. Finally starting to pepper Allen Robinson, 83% of the snap share for um, the running backs. I mean, now that Tariq Cohen is out. They're able to get David Montgomery much more involved here. So how are we feeling about your Bears? Do you think you have a significant chance? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think we have a chance here at all. And to be honest, when it comes to start-sits decisions for this team, it's not looking too rosy either. I'm sitting foals. I just don't trust it. Like you said, we had a, a good half, and it wasn't even a great half. It was a handful of good throws in that half that kind of won us that game. Um, but uh, not trusting that until I see more from it. I'd love to be able to say let's roll David Montgomery out there, but in this week, look, Tampa Bay's been great against backs. Not a single running back in the league has gone over 60 yards against them on the ground. CMC and Kamara, if you remove their games, nobody's gone over 30 yards, and there's only been a couple of scores. Only CMC and um, Latavius Murray from week one managed to pop one in, so I don't expect much from him. Maybe a repeat of last week's performance. He got a few more targets, but still managed, what, 60 yards, 55 yards total, in the game. Uh, 
you got to start Allen Robinson. You know, you talked about Robinson. He's easily the best player on this offense, but he will be facing up against Carlton Davis all, all night or yeah, I guess it's a night game all night this week. And uh, that's a problem. Carlton Davis is one of these guys. You might not know his name, but he's one of the better shadow cornerbacks, shutdown corners in the league. People will catch up to this kid soon enough since week 12 last season, when they started using him as a shadow corner, uh, he's shut down Julio twice, Nook, Michael Thomas, and Keenan Allen kept them all out of the end zone in that time. He's going to he's gonna be a nightmare for Allen Robinson, who, look, Robinson played Bradbury up against Bradbury last week. We talked about it last week, and uh, he held him to three catches, 33 yards. James Bradbury and Carlton Davis look like the same player, play like the same player. I'm concerned, but you have to start him because of the workload he's getting. The one guy that I'm sort of excited about, on this Bears team for this week, though. It's got to be that rookie Darnell Mooney. He's playing the Z receiver spot right now. And, you know, Manuel Sanders, Robbie Anderson, Tim Patrick, Tyron Johnson, even Jalen Guyton went for at least either 100 yards or a score against his team from that Z spot on the field. I think Mooney, you know, second in targets um, wide receiver-wise on this team, nine targets last week. I think Darnell Mooney's come to his own on this offense. And this is the matchup that if they're going to hang with that Tampa Bay Bucks he's going to have to score. So I like him as like a daily play, a deep play there. But for most of this offense, you just got to sit them. You know what? Just drop them. They're not worth having. Trade David Montgomery, drop the rest of them. Other side of the ball, though, better things. Um, I do like Rojo this week as long as Fournette sits. And I think Fournette's probably going to sit. I know he's questionable, but he hasn't been practicing, not for two weeks. So go ahead and roll Rojo out there. The Bears are middle of the pack against backs, but Rojo is going to get all the work. He's going to get the pass catching work. He's going to get all the work on an offense that should score um, some points this week. I think, you know, you're probably playing Mike Evans if he's going to play. And by probably, I mean, absolutely. He's an absolute target hog with Chris Godwin off the field, Justin Watson off the field. I think it's going to be Evans and um, Johnny Miller. They are going to be playing. Scotty Miller. That's what I meant. I should know that. He went to my school, Bowling Green State University, baby. Boom. But uh, play Evans, sit Miller, and I would stream Gronk this week for a score as well. Um, Chicago's been horrible at defending tight ends in the red zone. They can't stop a big guy from scoring when they want to. So if they get the ball down close, it's going to be an easy touchdown to Gronk. I think he's going to pop one in. Although I will say I'm sitting Brady. Chicago is second against passers so far this year, 240 yards, a touchdown and a pick. That's what they're giving up. And with Robin Robert Quinn in the game, that goes down to 225, only giving up three touchdowns um, through the air. That's best in the league. So I'm sitting Brady, but I will start two of his pass catchers in Mike Evans and Gronk as a streamer, maybe a, well, if you're playing daily tonight, he might be uh, he might be your MVP play as he scores. I like that. And the MVP play, of course, would they either do you know uh, points and a half or double the points depending on the format. So that's a good call there. All right, man. Well, good luck to your uh, good luck to your Bears tonight. It's definitely going to be a tough one. As I mentioned, Tom Brady has yet to lose a Thursday night football game seven and zero in his career. All right, brother. Let's jump into the afternoon games. We'll go through the Miami. Dolphins and San Francisco 49ers, of course, the 49ers get upended somehow by the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think are just straight up bad. And the Niners uh, underestimated them clearly and had some big mistakes by my boy Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard late. 
But George Kittle comes back after two weeks, 15 targets, 15 receptions, 183 yards, and a score. Almost had a two-point conversion as well. Looks like they're going to have Raheem Mostert back soon. I don't think it'll be this weekend, but potentially uh, next weekend. So that's good news there. Jerick McKinnon has been playing very well. Jimmy Garoppolo has been practicing. Hopefully he's able to come back as well. Debo Samuel played pretty well in limited snaps last week. Brandon Ayuk is jumping out too. So I think there's a handful of options back there in that San Francisco offense. On the Miami side, it's pretty much going to be Devontae Parker and Gasicki if you trust him. But San Francisco has been pretty brutal against tight ends. Fitzpatrick on the road against the 49ers, not liking that either. And unfortunately, I think I have to give up on my boy Preston Williams, uh, who I was really high on coming into the season against the 49ers. Yeah, and look, if Preston Williams – this is his last chance, Preston Williams. He gets uh, Dante Johnson, who has not been good. This is a, as juicy a matchup as he's had so far this season. So either he's going to get it done this week where the rest of the offense should struggle because San Francisco is a very good defense, um, even without the pieces that they lost already on the year. But if he can't get it done this week, you absolutely cut him if you still own him. But, uh, yeah, the only guy you start on the Dolphins is, is Parker, and he's a must-start every week at this point. 10th in wide receiver catches, uh, the, the number three in, in catch percentage. He had a 100% true catch rate up until last week. He dropped one ball, or rather, he didn't drop it. He just didn't catch a catchable pass. Um, he's the guy that you just have to start, but he's the only guy. Yeah, you don't, you don't play Fitz right now. Only Murray threw over 200 against this team. Also only allowed three touchdowns through the air, tied with the Bears. You're not going to touch any of these running backs right now. One running back touchdown maybe two. I don't know. Only in week one, they, they gave up a running back touchdown. Um, I think it was just the one running back touchdown. They're best in the league versus running backs though. So don't touch any of these guys. And look, I am totally off of Gesicki as well. He had a huge week two, but outside of week two, he averages four targets, two catches and 20 yards. That's not something you want a piece of. And if you're going to get one big game out of four for him, probably not somebody you should own anyway, certainly not on the field against the 49ers. So start your Parkers, but that's it. Better things on the other side of this offense, though. Um, I'm not touching a quarterback. Whoever the quarterback is starting this week, um, you know, if Mullins gets another chance, I'll ask you about that in just a second. If Garoppolo's back, which I'm not sure he's going to be back just yet. If it's C.J. Beathard, I'm not starting uh, any of those guys. Their final line, the uh, Dolphins' final line against quarterbacks is a little bit misleading. Josh Allen and Russ had big days against them, but Josh Allen and Russell Wilson are – two of the top three by a long shot quarterbacks in the league right now. Cam Newton and Gardner Minshew combined for zero touchdowns, one interception, and average 215 yards. I think that's more of what this pass defense is than what we saw from those two big games. So don't be fooled by the final line. A little, little stat rat hint there. Um, don't play whoever starts at quarterback. What you do want, on the other hand, is, is the running back. So Miami has give, been giving it up to dual threat backs all year. 141 yards and a touchdown and a half to backs in the air and ground combined so far on the year. And if Mostert's out, which it looks like he's going to be, this could be an absolute enormous game for Jarek McKinnon. If he gets a workload he got last week with Jeff Wilson on the sidelines, this could be a huge game. Again, in the Stat Rat episode on Tuesday, I told you to move McKinnon off your team. This week will help you do that. It's going to raise his trade stock, I think, significantly. So start him this week, trade him. Um, by the way, just a, a sidebar real quick, just so the people listening know, I put my money where my mouth is. 
Last week's or this week's stat read, I said get rid of McKinnon and pick up Hollywood Brown. Just this morning, I traded Jarek McKinnon for Hollywood Brown. I'm doing what I tell y'all to do, so so get after it. Um, I'm also starting Brandon Ayuk here, but I'm tempering my expectations. Xavier Howard is a good cornerback. He got destroyed last week when he was shadowing DK Metcalf, but everybody is getting destroyed against DK Metcalf, so write that game off. Xavier Howard's a good cornerback. He's going to slow Ayuk down, but they use him enough that I think he'll be all right. Not ready to start Debo yet. I want to see his snap count come up as he gets healthier, but uh, a lot of pieces to like, and that Jarek McKinnon, man, he's going to be He's, he, he is in line for a big day. Uh, start sit George Kittle. Yeah, always start. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, always dude. He's so funny. Um, I so, didn't even think I had to say it. Tell me what your thoughts are on Nick Mullins getting benched, though. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. My whole Nick, my Nick Mullins fandom is 90% tongue-in-cheek, 10% like I legit think he's as good as Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes. Um, look, here's the deal. I mean, he, he's a backup, right? He's he would have been third string if, if C.J. Beathard wasn't C.J. Beathard. Uh, those guys both have opportunities. Nick Mullins has played pretty well, to be honest with you. I mean, before this week, he and Patrick Mahomes had the most passing yards through their first nine starts in NFL history. Like, that's, that's a real thing. He broke all of Brett Favre's records at Southern Mississippi. I mean, that's, those are significant stats. Um, I will say, unfortunately, if, you know, he peppered the tight ends and he did it the week before that with Jordan Reed before he went out, he, he went out on basically a, a, an end zone target. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I really do think that if he could get just a season under his belt or nine games in a row and, and really get the confidence that it's your job instead of like, hey, kid, do your best until Jimmy comes back. It's just a different way to go about things. I think he would be fine. I think the team would be okay. Okay, and I'd like to get rid of uh, Jimmy and get more pieces around this team. Um, but that's just my my stance here on the, the fandom side of things. That's fair. Dolphins one and three, 49ers two and two. Miami has won three of the last four matchups against the Niners, though. That is um, horrendous. Horrendous. We cannot be having that. So it's a it's a it's a W for the 49ers this weekend. That's uh that's my little tidbit there. All right, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, I mean, you could call them the AFC North leading Cleveland Brown, like whatever you want to call them. They're three and one. The Colts are three and one, and you have the Colts allowing fewer than 12 points in three straight games. The Steelers technically are undefeated. The Cowboys' defense is horrendous. Yeah, I lost you again, but I'm going to assume you're ready for me to start. Shoot, I'm going out. The Browns took care of the, the Cowboys last week handily. Nice. And, yeah. and uh, you know, Odell Beckham obviously had a career day. Uh, so if you haven't sold him yet, I think you might be a little bit late on that. Uh, the Colts have been playing really well too, but I think the biggest, the two biggest names for the Colts for fantasy, T.Y. Hilton, who shouldn't be on the roster anyway, but he's a scare. And then Jonathan Taylor, man, like he's still kind of part of a three-headed monster instead of the bell cow. What can we expect here from Jonathan Taylor, the Colts? And then what are we going to do with Nick Chubb out now on the IR and Darnus Johnson and Kareem Hunt? Yeah, uh, I am. Uh, I'm good to go on the Colts right now this week. Phillip Rivers, 
I think this team's going to struggle to run the ball against the Browns. Browns have been good. No backs have gone for 55 this year against the Browns. So, uh, yeah, I'm good to go for Phillip Rivers as they struggle to run the ball. You got to start Jonathan Taylor anyway. Hope for that touchdown. He's been scoring, but uh, I'm not going to expect a big game from him. I do think perhaps Naheem Hines is going to be a sneaky play this week. He's still getting snaps, 25 snaps to JT's 33 last week, still out targeting Jonathan Taylor. Maybe an opportunity for him to pick up some pass catching work that looks more like game one here in a a game that the ball on the ground is not going to go very far for the Colts. Um, And I'm not touching these receivers. Like if you had to pick a receiver, maybe roll with T.Y. Hilton this week, but I don't like any of them. These guys just aren't getting the ball. Rivers is not looking to them. Nobody's really separating themselves in the pack with Campbell's absence. Maybe uh, maybe when Pittman gets back, I'll, I'll take another look at the wide receiver core. But for now, I'm off of them altogether. And here's, here's a, a crazy suggestion. You tell me if I'm crazy here. But I might start both Mo Cox and Trey Burton this week. Wow. Burton led in targets last week, led on snap count last week. Mo Cox, 100 yards or a touchdown in the last three games. I think Rivers is going to just target the shit out of these tight ends and uh, leave the wide receivers out on their islands to do nothing all day. So I might, I might start them both. That's crazy. And it is right. Yeah, it it is. Well, I think the most crazy part of that entire thing is that you didn't mention Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's a blocking tight end. Come on. It's a bummer because he had a few good years there with Andrew Luck. I I totally get it. How about those brownies? Yeah, so on the Brown side of the ball here, I'm gonna I'm sitting Baker. I'm just always sitting Baker. You know he's the QB 26 right now. He's just even even with that Dallas game behind him, he's a QB 26. Now if you take away the Ravens game because it was sort of a shit show, still the QB 22, and he's been consistently right there all year. So I'm never gonna play Baker. Uh, I'm not gonna play Jarvis Landry at any point. There's no way I'm touching Austin Hooper or any of the tight ends on this team. But I will start Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, kind of have to start Odell Beckham Jr., especially after last week. I'm absolutely 100% starting Kareem Hunt. It's not Dearness, whatever the hell his name is. It's Kareem Hunt. He's the guy. I know. Um, what is Johnson? Is that his last name? Dearness Johnson, yes. Yeah, I know Johnson comes in and do, did a little bit of work last week, but let's not forget that Hunt was questionable coming into the game. He had a groin injury. He's healthier now. He's going to get all of the work. Um, this is going to be, this is going to be a nice day. I think for Kareem Hunt, we've sort of, we've all, we've all kind of hoped that either Hunt or Chubb would get hurt at least in the back of our mind a little bit, because we know that either one of these guys with a huge workload would be ridiculous. This is an opportunity for over the next few weeks that I think Kareem Hunt's going to have that. If you got him on your team, keep him for two, three weeks, you'll be able to trade him real high. Um, maybe Odell for one more week, trade him. But, uh, those are the only two guys on this team that I'm going to start the Colts defense is just is has been very good and should slow this team down. I think enough that you don't really want to mess with most of the pieces. Absolutely. I agree. Only a pushback really quick on Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson. I agree that Kareem Hunt is the guy, but Kareem Hunt did not have a touch until Nick Chubb went out of the game, six carries, 43 yards for Chubb. He got injured. Then Kareem Hunt came in to do his work before that. Most of his work came in the fourth quarter of blowouts. Also, from the time that Dearness Johnson came in after Chubb's injury, Dearness Johnson actually outtouched Kareem Hunt. So I'm not saying that Kareem Hunt isn't going to be the lead dog, but I do think they're going to continue to split carries. 
there in Cleveland, which is what Stefanski has proven uh, he would like to do over the last couple of weeks. So just be a little bit careful there, but you got to fire up Kareem Hunt. And look, Dearness Johnson was one of the top waiver guys. So if you picked him up, you picked him up to play him. I think you should absolutely do that. All right. Yeah, he's got to be owned. He's got to be owned for sure. And he'll get his work. They want to run the ball enough that one guy can't carry this load. But uh, just don't just don't fall into the trap that Dearness Johnson is the one or the one A here. It's it's 100 percent Hunt. Totally agree. All right, let's get into the New York football Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Giants have yet to win a game. The Cowboys are one in three. Um, one in seven between these two teams. Not looking good here so far. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas, has, <laughs> Dallas has led on seven of 313 offensive snaps this year. I'll read that again. <laughs> Dallas has led on seven of 313 offensive snaps this year. Man, look, on offense, you fire up all your Cowboys. They don't have a defense, so you fire up all your Giants. The question is, Dwayne, who are those Giants to fire up? Yeah, I'm going to – I am I'm. I know last week I said I'm done with this Giants offense, but I'm back on the Giants yeah, offense. How can you be now? I mean, jeez. Yeah, I mean, look, Dallas, on 50% of drives against that Dallas defense, they've ended in offensive points, so – it's got to be a get-right game for, game for Daniel Jones. Um, we saw what they tried to do last week with Evan Ingram getting him involved. Uh, he's clearly healthy, and they clearly want him to be a big part, so I'm starting him. And it's I'm back to Darius Slayton again. You heard on Tuesday what, what I think about his target share, red zone work, downfield work. I think he's in line for another big day. Five receivers have had a 100-yard game against the Cowboys so far three receivers have had multi-touchdown games against the Cowboys and if anybody out of that group is going to do it it's Darius Slayton so start them start all of them I'm not I'm not high on Golden Tate Uh, I never will be if you get two points per catch maybe I'd do it but I'm not a Golden Tate guy the running game's just not going to happen Cleveland's actually been pretty good against uh, er, sorry I meant to say even though Cleveland went apeshit against this Dallas running game last week the Dallas run defense has been okay, mostly because outside of the Cleveland game, teams don't, aren't running against them. They don't have to run against them. They can pass all day. So uh, no running backs for me, but Jones, Ingram, and Slayton, I think, should should be just fine. And you're right about the Cowboys. Like, start everybody on the Cowboys. I'll, I'm wary of both Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson, though. Wilson's outperformed Gallup each of the last two and uh, I think they're kind of canceling each other out, kind of trying to figure out where they fit on this new offense with CD getting the work he's getting, with Amari getting the huge boon in targets as he get he's getting. I might avoid those two right now until they kind of those pieces settle into where they're where they're going to be target wise, snap share wise. But everybody else, man, go ahead. How do you feel about Devonta Freeman in general right now? Um, I'm, I'm buying Devonta Freeman. I think he's getting better. The offensive line, I've been saying it since the offseason. They have one of the best offensive line coaches in the game. A bunch of young guys came together halfway through last year. Um, they're, they're getting, I think they'll get better this year. They have a lot easier matchups going forward. They've played against some of the toughest defensive fronts uh, in the league thus far in the season. So I think the line's going to get a little bit better they've only as a team been running 3.2 yards per carry. So it's not like any running back was going to step in and do anything, but I think Freeman's still good enough that when the offense gets clicking in these easier games and that offensive line gels a little bit better, he's somebody you're probably going to want to own second half of the season coming out of their bye, 
even. I think he's uh, he'll be a piece that might be beneficial. Got it. All right, let's move on here to the Sunday night football game. Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, Minnesota gets their first win against Houston last week. One and three, Seattle four and zero. Oh, one of the undefeateds left in the NFL. Russell Wilson six and zero oh in his career versus Minnesota, including the playoffs. Seahawks have been absolutely on fire. Tyler Lockett had a down game last week with just two catches, but you got to fire up all your Seahawks, I would imagine, assuming Chris Carson's healthy. On the Minnesota side, my, my big question, I guess, is going to be, do you trust Cousins against this defense, and do you trust uh, Justin Jefferson against Seattle's defense, which is worst against wide receivers in fantasy? So I do trust Cousins in this one. First, there, I think there's going to be an uptick in volume. Cousins hasn't been throwing the ball a whole lot, completing a lot of passes this far. But quarterbacks versus the Seahawks have averaged 50 pass attempts a game so far on the year. And look, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't throw a, a touchdown last week. I think he's got an interception or two last week. But he still finished quarterback eight because of the yardage volume and the rushing touchdown that he had quarterbacks just get it done against this team. So I'm starting Cousins. I'm, I'm loving Justin Jefferson. I'm starting Adam Thielen. You can't, you can't pivot off of Dalvin Cook with how good he's been over the last two years. I know the Seahawks run defense has been really good. 3.4 yards per carry against that team thus far, third best in the league. Uh, but Dalvin Cook's got, you know, the fifth most touches in the league. He's touching the ball too much in too many ways. So yeah, start them all. Justin Jefferson is my favorite play in this against uh, Trey Flowers, not not somebody who's going to slow him down in any way, shape, or form. Maybe another 100-yard game for him and a score, but uh, start them all. If the tight ends were getting any kind of volume, I'd say Kyle Rudolph was my guy, but um, they're not getting enough work for me to touch them. And, and again, the Seahawks have been good against tight ends. They suck everywhere else, but uh, avoid them. And, yeah, Seahawks side, don't get cute. Play them all. Don't be concerned about Tyler Lockett. Here's a list of guys that have gone for either 100 yards or a score against the Minnesota pass defense. Devontae Adams, that's your boy. MVS, Alan Lazard, Zach Pascal, Khalif Raymond, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills. All of those guys have been extraordinarily successful. Lockett and DK are both significantly better than almost all of them. So play them all with confidence. I agree. There's definitely a world where they both, uh, Lockett and DK, can both get over 100 yards and a touchdown. So I think they'll be just fine. Let's finish it up with the Monday night matchup, my man, and then we'll get into our pickums here. Chargers, one and three. Saints, two and two. New Orleans has won four of five of the last games against the Chargers, but of course, totally new regime there with Justin Herbert at the helm. Uh, we still are not going to have. is almost automatic if you're stuck right now but with a bunch of receivers out with the Packers and the Lions on by are you comfortable with either Traquan Smith or Emmanuel Sanders do you trust Drew Brees at home and on the other side can you fire up Justin Herbert who has looked fantastic yet to win a game but looked very very good so far and um, been throwing bombs you mentioned uh, Kenny Guyton early in the podcast with the 72 yard touchdown and Austin Eckler being out do you think it's going to be Justin or excuse me do you think it's going to be uh, Justin Jackson or um, will we see uh, Kelly get most of the work in that backfield? And I assume that you're uh, always firing up Keenan Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I love the chargers this week and it's the short answer is it's Joshua Kelly. Uh, again, don't be fooled by last week. I think he's going to out touch 
Jackson maybe two to one. They will be a split. They'll both be in there. And Tampa Bay is very good against the run, um, which might be part of the reason that both him and Justin Jackson failed to perform or produce for you guys last week. So I know, you know, Eckler goes out, people get excited about Kelly in that game and neither him or Jackson did anything, but that was the defense. I think more than, than it was anything else. The saints are not the same rushing defense. I think Joshua Kelly is the guy Keenan Allen. You have to play him. Um, it's Hunter Henry's week to finally score a touchdown tight ends have scored every single week of the year against the saints. It's not going to stop uh, for Hunter Henry, who's fifth in target share among the tight ends. So play those guys, play the guy throwing the ball to him. Herbert's three touchdowns last week was really, really exciting. Um, but yeah, sit, sit everybody else, sit everybody else. So there have been 11 touch passing touchdowns thrown against the Saints this year, and it's two, three, three, three. There's some consistency. So Hunter Henry's going to score one. Keenan Allen's going to score one. And I think Joshua Kelly scores one's coming out of the backfield too. So start those guys. Um, Saints-wise, uh, I do not trust Traquan Smith. I know he scored two touchdowns last week, but he's likely going to be playing across from Casey Howard in this game. If they move him into the slot, if MT's back and they move him into the slot, Desmond King's going to be playing against him. Both guys are going to shut down Traquan Smith, avoid him. I don't trust Emmanuel Sanders if Michael Thomas is in there. Um, if Thomas is not in there, might be a different story. But Kamara Breeze and Michael Thomas, if he plays, man, those are your guys. The, the one concern I have about Breeze this week is the way Breeze has been playing, he's been sort of thinking Duncan, taking what the defenses are giving him and waiting for teams to blitz on him to find easy, open guys. The Chargers blitz the least in the league, only 10% on the year so far. So if they – if they keep that up uh, and they get any kind of pass rush without bringing extra guys, Breeze may have a harder time finding holes in zones, finding guys that are open um, in, in that short passing game. So I, that, that's part of the reason I think Traquan Smith and Manny Sanders struggle this week because those are the guys, you know, when Michael Thomas is not there that he looks to on those blitz plays and those aren't going to be there. So if you have an opportunity to zig to a nice streaming option, I might consider it against Breeze this week. Uh, he's not been blowing it out of the water anyway, but I'm, you know, I'm not scared to start him, though. If you had to pick one, Traquan Smith or Emmanuel Sanders, who would you pick? I'm picking Manny. Hmm. They've been clicking and gelling a little bit more over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I, I've, you know, he's been doing it for a lot longer than Traquan Smith, and we've seen up and down. From, we've seen a couple of big games from Smith over the last few years, and I don't trust him yet. Fair enough. And we have to assume that Michael Thomas is not going to play until we hear for sure that he is in. So be ready you know for what? I just, I just keep hoping. My first round draft pick in my home league, I just keep hoping and hoping against hope that he's going to be in there. Come on. Man. One day. I, eventually. But, I mean, you got to – with, with uh, you know, Devontae Adams, maybe even Julio at this point. I mean, when you start having injuries up at the top like that, like they're not going to mess around. Julio is as strong as they come and as, as you know – gutty as they come and he came back in you know, had a nice first quarter came back in the second quarter tweaked it came back in tried to come in at halftime couldn't he might be out now you know a week or two he's you know he's questionable and he's been questionable for five years so he'll probably suit up but it's frustrating man it is very frustrating and, and they held Devonte adams out on monday night football healthy pretty much because they felt that they could beat the falcons without him and they want to give him an extra week before the bye week so you really start playing chess with some of these star players once they get injured like that, especially a year like this year. Oh, sure. 
All right, man, let's jump into the pickums here. Let's jump right into it. Uh, we have six games for you to pick. We'll start up at the top. Who you got tonight, Tampa Bay or your Chicago Bears? You know I'm picking Tampa. Got to be Tampa. Mm. You know I'm picking against my team. You're right. I should have known. <laughs> Always, <that>. man. Always. <laughs> Who you got here, Miami or San Francisco, first of the Sunday slate? It's San Francisco. Give me your team. I'm going to go pick mine, but I'll pick yours. I'm going to go San Francisco as well. Indianapolis at Cleveland. Taking the Colts. All righty. We are – I'm going to go with Cleveland at home. They look pretty good. I think they're going to keep it rolling here. And uh, I just think Rivers is, is ready to come back down to earth a little bit. Giants, Cowboys. Cowboys. Dallas they gotta win. I mean, they have to win eventually. 500 yards passing, 450 a game. They got to win eventually. Totally agree. Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, Sunday night football. Seahawks, baby. Seahawks across the board and Chargers or New Orleans Saints, Monday night football. I like them Saints at home. All right, man. Fantastic. That is a wrap. Dweez, let us know where we can find all your content, my man. Yo, hit me on Twitter. That's where I live. At Dweez, nuts, all Z's, no S's on there. I want to talk to the listeners of this podcast. Give me questions. Give me topics for Stat Rat. Guys, you want me to dig deep on just talk to me. Say hello. It's all I want from you. Um, after that, after you've said hello, you can go check out my podcast, Your Football Fantasy, available anywhere. Um, podcasts are available. It's a long one. It's 90 minutes. A lot of drinking, a lot of football, a lot of bets, a lot of shit talk. So if you're into that sort of thing, you can uh, find us there. Fabulous. Of course, you can check out the TCK pod if you haven't already. Leave a rate and review right here on the podcast wherever you're listening. Check us out on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. All our rankings and articles at tckpod.com. Episode 278 in the books. We got Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast coming on tomorrow to break down, recap, and preview the TCK pod listener league in the rookie division and in the veteran division. So make sure you tune in tomorrow and enjoy your weekend. Dweez, man, good luck to your Bears tonight, buddy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> For Dwayne Lynn, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.